Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Lookout Mountain United Methodist Church. We pray that this sermon will engage your mind and that God's Spirit will engage your heart. We also want to invite you to come worship with us on the mountain every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Whether you live close by, have come to visit the Chattanooga area, or just listening online, there is a place for you at Lookout Mountain. Now may God bless you as you hear the word proclaimed. I have never been a real motivated runner. It is, I, I have tended to think of running as something you do either when you're being chased by something big and scary or when you're trying to catch something. And, and to, to do it any other time, to me, it, it's hard to imagine why, if you could just walk and get there. And, and so uh, going out and jogging and exercising, getting on a treadmill, running around a track or down the road, it's just something that I, man, it is hard to convince myself to try and do that. Um, I don't know if you're like that. I, I, I usually can get pretty motivated if I'm going to be like doing a sport, you know. It, I was a member of a gym up in Johnson City and they had these basketball games early in the morning. I mean, six o'clock in the morning we would meet. And I'm not a morning person, but to, to be a part of those games and, and be with my, my friends that I had there and, and running around and working out that way, I, I could get motivated for that. I could get myself up in a... In, get out the door and, and be pretty disciplined about being at, at that kind of activity, but to just go out and jog is tough. You know, a few years back we had that, uh, that mission offering and, and y'all had pledged for me to, to work out and lose some weight and, and make gifts on that and having that kind of goal was pretty motivating for me and, and so I went out and was running and I was able to, to run that 5K at annual conference to, to raise that money. Uh, but without that kind of goal or, or motivation, the, the fire just kind of dwindles down for me to get out and just go jogging and work out. It, the discipline kind of fades. Has that ever happened to you? Do you ever have kind of that fading of, you have kind of some enthusiasm, but maybe then there's other times when that fire gets a little low kind of dwindles out, life kind of gets settled, and it's a little, it's, it's the, the desire to just pick up and get going with this or with that isn't there. It seems like life is just kind of a waiting around. There's a, a phenomenon uh, that I've read about in a couple books I've been reading recently called the doldrums. If you don't know, this is around the equator out in the ocean, the waves that are always present go away. And the wind that blows along the ocean dies down. And sailors could find themselves out in the ocean and all of a sudden be sitting in the stillest water they'd ever seen. With no wind in their sails to get anywhere. It was pretty frightening to have that sort of calm that sort of nothingness all around. There's no wind in their sails. There's no way for them to get anywhere. And while it might seem peaceful to some, it's not a great way to be a sailor, is to find yourself without any wind. 
It's not a great way to live to find yourself without any fire in your life, to just kind of be in the doldrums of life. And yet we find ourselves there from time to time, just in this waiting game, waiting for something to come along and happen. Not really sure what to do or how to do it. Even our spiritual life can get like this when we just kind of get settled into things, not really having any fire, no energy, no sort of wind in our sails. But that's not really how we're meant to live. Although it's something we all face. In our, in our scripture, we hear this happening to a group of men. There was this group of men and women who had been the followers of Jesus. And had had this amazing journey with him for a few years as they were traveling all around Galilee and Nazareth and all of that area down into Jerusalem and into the temple And then he was crucified. And then he came and appeared among them, resurrected, brought back to life into something new. And they were energized by that. And then he told them it was time for him to return to the Father. And so all the disciples gathered together in a room and sit there and wait. Here they had seen the most amazing thing happen in the world. And they're sitting in a room, not sure what to do. Not sure how they will make it with Jesus no longer around. And that leads us to our scripture reading today from Acts chapter 2. And we hear God's answer to the disciples' doldrum. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound of this, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, Well, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, 
standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these men are not drunk for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. And then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter would go on to preach this sermon, telling of all that Jesus did to all that would listen. And as each went out and told the story to any group of people to whom they could hear, thousands were added to their number. When these people sat around in a room, not sure of what would happen, God gave them a gift. It was a fire in their belly and wind in their sails, it was the Holy Spirit. God gave the church the Spirit to enliven it, to energize it, to get it out of those doldrums and put it in motion, moving forward. Pentecost is the day we celebrate the birth of the church. The beginnings of this thing we call the church happened when the Spirit came and filled the disciples. That means that Christmas was not the beginning of the church. Easter was not the beginning of the church. Pentecost is the beginning of the church and that is important. Because while Christmas and Easter get most of the press, they are the ones that we know the Christmas songs. We even know the Easter songs, but does anybody here really know a good Pentecost song? Anybody here gather with their family in the weeks coming up to to Pentecost, singing Pentecost carols? No. No, it's kind of this forgotten holiday You know, at Christmas, we gather around the manger. And on Good Friday, we gather before the cross. And on Easter, we gather at the empty tomb. These are stories about gatherings. And so we gather and they become family gatherings. We, We bring our family together at Christmas and we exchange gifts. We bring our family together at Easter and we hide eggs. But you can't gather your family for a good Pentecost celebration because Pentecost isn't a gathering. It's the dispersal of a gathering. It's the sending out 
So it's hard to celebrate that by coming together. It's the opposite. Imagine if our church only had Christmas and Easter. Then all we would ever do is gather together. We would sing the old familiar songs, tell the old familiar stories, and always be focused in on ourselves. In essence, we would never really be a church. Pentecost is what makes us the church. It is what spurs us out of our little rooms and into the world. It is not a gathering. It is a sending. Pentecost is the day on which we remember that Jesus didn't command us to gather together all the people we could find. Jesus didn't command us to grow our church so that it could be well attended and have high giving. Jesus didn't command us to join large congregations. Jesus didn't command us to worship at 11 a.m. every Sunday morning. Jesus didn't command us to host vacation Bible school and Wednesday night meals and Sunday school lessons. Jesus told his disciples, go into all the world and make disciples. Baptize them and teach them. He said, you will be my witnesses to the very ends of the earth. That is what it means to be the church. We are meant to live our faith out there. So what we pray and confess and sing and recite in here amounts to nothing if we don't take it out there. That's why Pentecost is so important. See, the disciples had seen the Lord and still were just huddled together, having their church in a little room. But when the Spirit came upon them like a mighty rushing wind, it was like some sort of fire was ignited within them. It was the fire that burned in them until they had to bust out of that room and share about the good news of Jesus Christ. When Pentecost comes, there is no way to live in the doldrums. Pentecost is that fire within us. That thing that makes us get up two minutes before the alarm clock was even going to wake us up and start getting ready for the day. The Spirit is the thing that makes us say, today is a good day. Today I get a chance to go and live in God's world and share God's love with others. And I'm going to get out there and go. You don't wait around when you're filled with that spirit. So if your life feels like it is the doldrums, if it feels like it is just a waiting game, then what is missing is what was missing for those first disciples. To be filled with the spirit. But be ready. Because that spirit will move you. It will burn within you, fill your sails, and take you out into the world. We are not meant to just be gathered together, locked in our rooms, and focused inward. 
God wants us to go out into life with wind in our sails and a fire in our soul. Jesus said, I have come so that you may have life abundant and full. That wind, that fire, that energy of the Spirit, that is God's promise to each of us. Thanks be to God. Amen.